you have this 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 threat piece, this um, you know, unknown potential enemy in the sky. Is it of Earth or is it not of Earth? Right. So you know that's being dangled out there, and then mm-hmm. you've got people that are you know filling in gaps with that, or maybe some people didn't even see it because sometimes you know it's not on other people's radar mm-hmm. um, unless they're watching the news and 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 you know they're 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 picking it up. So. So you have this, you know, you have this schism, right? You have the people in the UFO community who, you know, I would say this too, have been so starved of getting any truth whatsoever that then when something like this does come out or does happen, you know, there's a rush for, um, oh, is this disclosure now? Are they finally going to tell us Mm. the truth? And, you know, how do we even know that they, they entirely have all the truth? Right now on Higher Journeys with Alexis Brooks. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Higher Journeys. I am your host, Alexis Brooks. And as I always say, if it is your first time here, I welcome you. I welcome you into a discussion that I always look forward to having with the likes of Susan Manowich, our third third time, Susan, you've been on the show. Really happy about that. And each and every time Susan joins us, she leaves us with more more questions, <laughs> but in a good way, because we dive deep into this thing we call the ET contact UFO and now air quotes, disclosure phenomenon, question mark. And before we get started, I want to say this for the record. We are recording this in July. I believe it is July 11th to be exact. This will not air until August. So I'm going to say as a disclaimer, God only knows what will happen between now and uh, mid-August probably when you're seeing this. So uh, this, uh, we're going to make this as evergreen a conversation as we can, Susan. But uh, we're going to talk about what's on the table right now. What's on the table right now, I will tell you, and in the archives, are a part of Susan's amazing Substack um, that she is just on top of constantly. Thank goodness for Substack, Susan, and the fact that we can be as transparent and as forthcoming as we need to be so far. And (laughs) this is a case with Susan's two latest articles as of today. I'm going to name them. The latest one is the Experimental Industrial Complex Attempting to control consciousness in the age of disclosure. The second one, the one that was published, I believe just previous to that, is a question. What are UFO disclosure gatekeepers acclimating the public to? This will be the basis for the discussion we're having these, I should say. Um, She goes into some deep stuff. Susan, I I, I really uh, commend you for your courage, first and foremost, your attention to intricate detail in terms of going deep and asking uh, courageous questions. So I want to just start with the most recent. And guys, we're going to, I'm going to link, obviously, both of these articles. In fact, one of them, uh, you gave me permission to put uh, on Higher Journeys, but it will lead you back to her substack because you need to go there. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with Experimental Industrial Complex? That's a, (laughs) that's an eye-catching title there. And where you're going with that. Let me set the stage. You're talking about the missing element, the missing elephant in the room, the good elephant in this discussion, having to do with human decency and altruism and with honest transparency 
in terms of this alleged disclosure that's still ongoing, glaring omissions. Why is that? Mm. Well, <clears throat> I, I thought about that a lot. You know, you, you think about your, your place in this, right? Um, and it's not something that you say to yourself, oh, I, I want to um, not accept this, I, which is now like the dominant narrative of disclosure, uh, because, you know, someone like myself, who's had contact pretty much my entire life, um, and, you know, incarnated in with my consciousness, um, you, you want the you want the truth to come out. And when something doesn't feel like it's truthful, or it feels like it's a distortion of the truth, and then you uh, because of your life experiences and because of maybe how you see the world, um, you say, geez, is this it? And why doesn't this feel the way that maybe it, you think truth is supposed to feel within your, your your body and your being? And so I think that some of us that are, are here, you know, in these bodies um, performing these roles and functions, you know, I think it's, it's, it's our job. It feels like it's my job to question this because um, I, I, respect uh, people within, you know, the UFO community. Um, I would say I'm not a, a deep part of it, uh, never really have been. And maybe we can talk about that too. Um, but also seem to be someone who's in a bit of an observation position um, that that just feels like we have to ask some integral questions because, you know, it, it's not just about ET disclosure uh, or UFOs or technology um, that I have, a, you know, a history and worked in, um, <laughs> which is important as it relates to this whole thing. It's really about, you know, the human family and how we actually um, deal and treat with one another on this. And we cannot ignore what has happened historically in the past as it relates to our government, the United States government. We cannot ignore that. If we do that in this disclosure process, we are seriously uh, missing something huge. And, and I see that. Uh, and we also cannot ignore the present, um, the recent present of these last couple of years, but also you know, where we stand today. So I ask these questions because um, this is something that we all deserve to ask. And if we are not asking it, then I don't think that we're really evolving here as, as we think we are. What you're alluding to, what she's alluding to, everyone, is the fact or the question, should the government be trusted given their history? And in this uh, this article that we're speaking of right now, she goes very, very deep into why we need to question the uh, efficacy of our government and our intelligence uh, agencies. And so what we're what we're really dancing around and not really dancing around, Susan, is the fact that ever since this, let's call it the Gresh, uh, I'm going to stop saying bombshell, the Gresh revelation, you know, the story of David Gresh and how he came forward with the, uh, these uh, crashed craft retrievals at Al, uh, there have been questions among some of us and I tend to agree that what is what is the intent here? Now, in your the article previous to this, you go into that very, very well. What is the motivation of all that's happening here? And are we looking at a very narrow band of a narrative in lockstep? 
And in the second article, the one that we're speaking of now, you go into why we really need to be questioning that given the marred history, to say the least. We're going to talk about some of the things that are now declassified, including the MK Ultra. As a matter of fact, we're going to take that part of the conversation over to Patreon for, um, I think, obvious reasons. <laughs> we're going to take it to the after show. We'll go a little bit deeper into that, Susan. But um, there's a schism between communities, even within the ufology community, a schism that has to do with the those that, rightly so, focus on the research having to do with uh, reverse technology, crash craft retrievals, whistleblowers, lights in the sky, versus those like yourself and like many in our audience who are having interpersonal experiences ongoing, lifelong, with these so-called non-human intelligences. Hmm. How do you feel, how, how do you think people that are the experiencers who heard this news over the last month or two of final revelation to some degree are processing this? Well, I'll tell, you how, <laughs> well I'll tell you how some of them are processing it. The, the, um, and I don't speak for everybody, obviously, uh, but people that I've known for ages, um, years, you know, 20 years, uh, maybe maybe 15 minimum, um, that are contactees that are not, you know, they, they, they're not on the speaking circuit, they don't write books, um, you know, maybe they've given an interview once in a while, but it's something that, you know, that it is an enormous part of their life, but it's not something that they are making money from, or that's their livelihood, you know, and there's, there's many of those different people. And um, not too happy, I would say. Um, that's that's what has come back to me, and that's what I've seen. In a, in a deep mistrust as well for um, what they're now seeing, and that's important to take into consideration. So, you know, why you have some people that are enthusiastic about this that are in in the UFO community, you have others that have never really been in the UFO community that don't have that level of enthusiasm. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm one of them, <laughs> but the irony is so aren't some of my other, um, you know, friends and their friends, they're not colleagues, you know, they're, they're friends, um, you know, people that I care about, trust, respect, and then have, they, they live their life and they live it very, very humble. And they live it um, with a knowing of their connection that they have to, you know, whether they call it their star family or the beings, um, that's something that's a sacred connection for them. Okay. You brought up the um, excellent volume Beyond UFOs of which you were featured in uh, by the then organization called Free. It was, it's now been renamed. And again, this, this sort of um, opposition in terms of what the beings, I'll, I'll put that in quotes as well, represent benevolence or malevolent. I happen mm-hmm. to think it's a spectrum. But let's address that, particularly as it relates to the news that's coming out. Um, and the focus, the, the, the emphasis on uh, national security, not only national security, but the, the threat that seems to be inclusive of this narrative that this could potentially uh, represent the threat of them 
juxtaposing that with what's been said in these extensive studies done by uh, the likes of Free, yeah. Um, that paint a very different picture and and taking it back to how these experiencers that may feel that way, that they're dealing with benevolent star, be- star beings, particularly uh, in the face of this very different narrative. Mm. Yeah. Just yeah. Thought from that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it, there's that, there's that, you know, kind of black and white in the sense of, um, you know, doing research for free, um, the free study, you know, what we found is that basic, basically 80% of uh, people's contact experiences they felt were, were quote unquote good, right? Like it was some type of benevolence that led them to some type of extraordinary reveal or knowledge or skill ability. So there was something that um, they felt was very positive about it in, in some capacity. So, you know, and that seems to be, um, I would say, consistent within those people that have actually had contact, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and then you seem to have these um, talking points that come out with, I'll just, you know, do the air quotes of disclosure or even any of the talks, or if you remember the spy balloon piece that came through, you know, we really track that. And the, the we is my husband and I, he happens to be a journalist. <laughs> so, you know, we were, we were really tracking it and trying to, um, it, it was, some was really obvious and some you had to really just look and look at the language and, you know, mm-hmm. that they, they, they said the word UFO and threat and, you know, then, okay, people are looking up at the sky and keep, keep in mind, you know, this is, this is very soon after this lockdown happened, you know, with, and I'll just focus on the United States, even though, you know, in some places it, it was worldwide, right? Other countries were doing this too, not all, but, but most. Uh, so you have this, 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 this threat piece, this um, you know, unknown potential enemy in the sky, is it of earth or is it not of earth, right? So, you know, that's being dangled out there. And then mm-hmm. you've got people that are, you know, filling in gaps with that, or maybe some people didn't even see it, because sometimes, you know, it's not on other people's radar, mm-hmm. um, unless they're watching the news and, and, and you know, they're, they're, they're picking it up. So, so you have this you know, you have this schism, right? You have the people in the UFO community who, you know, I would say this too, have been so starved of getting any truth whatsoever that then when something like this does come out or does happen, you know, there's a rush for, um, oh, is this disclosure now? Are they finally going to tell us Mm. the truth? And, you know, how do we even know that they, they entirely have all the truth? You know, that that piece is important to take into consideration. Right. Um, <clears throat> so there's this dependency on some some authority, you know, going back to the, the reference to authority, being able to, you know, be the ones that share this truth with you. So, you know, so there you go. You, you there is a schism in that piece. And then I'll add another part to that. You know, in that other article that you referenced, um, uh, you know, what are they potentially preparing us for, which I think came out in, in the second week of June. Um, we're, and I know Leslie Keen and Ralph Blumenthal, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say that they're advocates, but I would say there's this this kind of agreement to maybe move some of this information out. But even in that languaging, 
that's being utilized, there's no softening or there's no, it doesn't even seem like there's some neutrality as it relates to this. Like there's some type of uh, narrative that appears to be um, in lockstep with one another on this and even a progression of language from Lou Elizondo in 2017 mm -hmm. to the progression of Grush that I put in the article. So, yeah, so you, you did. Yeah. Yeah, you did. And you you did that quite well. And, you know, you did reference Leslie Keene, I believe, in the second article where she and by the way, she and Ralph both gave uh, what I would say is a pretty good interview to Whitley Strieber uh, shortly after the Gresh uh, a piece came forward uh, shortly after June 5th. But in that, uh, they were having a conversation about, you know, after Whitley asking, you know, look, why is this um what what is this all about? I mean, he was really asking the same question. I thought he gave a, a, a good interview. I think he did a good job. And she sort of said, yeah. well, you know, this uh, this may be happening uh, on, per she didn't say on purpose, that it's happening with drips at a time, drips being brought out one aspect at a, at a time in order to acclimatize people to a ultimate reality. And I don't, you know, I don't know what the... Um, whether there was any anything deeper to that than that's just what she felt or not. <laughs> I want to be careful here. I don't know Leslie Keene personally. I know that she's done some stellar work as a researcher and I think she really yeah. believes in what she's what she's writing, including um, you know, the piece that she and Ralph did with the the Gresh story. But that to me you brought that up in that context in the article and I, I think that's a worthy thing to say. The way she put it, you know, things are being brought out with a plan, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. little pieces at a time to acclimate people. But the yes. question is to what? Acclimate people well, to what? Exactly. Thank you. Um, and the, the exact words were, um, I put it in the article, it's a matter of strategically bringing out aspects one step at a time and letting go. people acclimate to that. And, you know, when you look at that and you say to yourself, wait a second, isn't that a gatekeeper and not a journalist? So, you know, this is where, this is where you have to do a double check here. Okay. And, and say, well, what faction or what group, because there does seem to be this, what I would call, you know, Elizondo kind of melon slash, you know, uh, maybe Leslie Keen, you know, piece in there, you know, and now with with Grush, right? And you just have to ask and say, so this is part of this release, but is this journalism? Is this, you know, and, and then this got picked up by, you know, News Nation. Right, right. <laughs> and you know, News Nation is not, they may be newer, but they're, they're part of a very, you know, a, a multi-billion dollar network. Mm -hmm. And so when I hear, and bless other people in this community, when I hear them say, well, you know, CNN didn't pick this up. It's like, but you've got Chris Cuomo, who's a former CNN guy, who is is really, you know, heading up News part Nation. Part of that apparatus. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, mm -hmm. so, you know, why are you looking at CNN, who, who's really had 
you know, some very terrible ratings over these last couple of years, um, you know, from a strategic standpoint, you know, why not put the story into um, a, a what looks like something, you know, that's up and coming or that looks like something that's more kind of ground level, um, you know, because that's the way that journalism has been moving. It's been more ground level of people recording out of, you know, their cars and on the street and things like that. So, you know, there's there's some of that flavor that that looks like you, you've got um, things that are actually mainstream media, because if it's multi-billion dollar backed, that's mainstream media. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so, you know, like there's, there's all these questions that you, 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 you have to ask because they're not computing. Now, yeah. maybe they do compute. You know, I, I, I met Ralph Blumenthal. He actually interviewed me um, in, I think it was maybe 2009 or so, came to my home and interviewed me. So, so I, you know, there's no, you're not criticizing as people trying to understand the dynamics and what for me and others, you know, seems to be off. And, and that's what I'm, I'm sharing. And that's what I'm writing about. Because if I didn't have a history of contact, if I didn't have a history of the, the, the military, you know, kidnapping as a child, and didn't have the history of incarnating unconsciously and didn't have the history of new energy technology, I may not have much to say, but because, you know, mm. I have a background in these things, um, you know, I'd prefer to be out gardening. <laughs> <laughs> and not that makes two of us <laughs> <laughs> and you know doing other things in my life than than sitting here you know um trying to create accountability and awareness uh because it seems to be lacking but i guess you know that's the to do that some of us have is yeah. is to you know push and ask these questions and you know there's so much more that we we haven't talked about um because because my concern is that the roots the roots are are attempting to be laid in public consciousness and they are being laid in public consciousness. And if those roots are not truthful, if they're not clear, if they're not coherent, if they don't have, um, um, honestly, this altruism connected to it um, and it's holistic and inclusive, then it's gonna be very challenging and very difficult for people to make that discernment of, of what's real and not. And, you know, there are people that um, I know that don't know a lot about this field, but they've been seeing what's on the news. They've been seeing, you know, what's on some of these alternative, quote unquote, alternative channels. And, you know, they ask me, they say, Susan, what's what's true and what's not? So this is what we're talking about. And, and this is why it's important to get out, get in the gate early on this and, and, and hold that accountability and ask these questions before this freight train, you know, really starts to go massively down the tracks and then potentially off the rail. So that's right. why it's important to ask. If you're enjoying this episode, along with all of the subjects that we cover here on Higher Journeys, then I invite you to join our members-only community on Patreon, where we go even deeper into the conversations with the guests that you know and love. Not only does your membership ensure that we can keep this work going and growing, but you'll also get immediate access to our exclusive after shows. Get up close and personal with the guests of the show, along with many other member perks. So click on the link below to join now or visit higherjourneys.com where you'll find the Patreon link. We'll see you on the journey. Thanks. Well, I think as far as they're concerned, Susan, the freight train, the train has left the station as far as they, they being who, who, whomever these factions are that are putting the narrative that are that are trying to reveal something probably for their own gain versus ours. Sorry. Um, 
But here's a question that I think you and I have talked about before, and that has to do with, you know, the fact that I think you use the term continuity of media, um, you know, in rolling out the narratives using certain keywords. And yet this, let's just take the the June 5th-ish time period, that that being even a little bit before with the NASA public hearing, the Greer uh, uh, press conference at the press club in DC, yeah. uh, all yes. the way to Las Vegas and, and that really, really bizarro right. story, all of the, and Gresh, all of this happening around the same time. And yet I would not have, I wouldn't call this uh, a ubiquitous headline, meaning that there were a lot of people that I, not a lot, but enough people that I talked to in main, you know, uh, in the mainstream that watched the mainstream that hadn't heard anything. Right. So here's my question. And this is where it gets a bit, um, what do I want to call it? It gets a little weird, (laughs) a little wonky because let's now talk about subliminal programming and the fact that not everyone necessarily needs to consciously process the headline in order for them to be affected at another level. So my question is, why wasn't this an even bigger headline? It's certainly, when you think about the bones of what they were implying, it should have been, but it wasn't. Are they thinking it didn't need to be in order to to get done what they need to get done anyway? Do you know what I'm saying? Well, sure. Um, That's a great point that you bring up and that you make. And I think it's important for us to take that and and look at what 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 do we know, right? Um, what we know, and by the way, there's an article that came out that I just want to read the title of it, so it relates to what you're saying. Um, it's from the the Telegraph, uh, and the title of it is "Britain Drilled to Accept Lockdown in Future Pandemics," says Nudge Unit Chief. So this professor by the name of David Halperin predicts the population would comply with another lockdown because they know what the drill is. So that's one professor. And I'm probably going to put that in a future article shortly. So there's a conditioning that's already been set in many, many human beings. And even though people, you know, some people decided, hey, I'm not going to comply with this. Uh, I'm going to do things my own way. Uh, and it's going to be, it's going to be safe for me. It's going to be safe for my family, but I, I'm not, I, I'm not going to do this because the, the potential harm is, is too, you know, catastrophic. So uh, there may be, you know, some of that population, but there's this, everybody in the United States knows what COVID is, right? Or, or everybody knows what, what happened over these last couple of years. There's people that, unless you were completely off the grid and you weren't impacted, which was highly unlikely. I mean, maybe 0.05% you know, of the population. So you have this, this already set in the psyche freshly um, and the behavioral and the neural pathways and everything like that. So um, maybe it's not going to take much to put people further into that. And, you know, I have a 20 year background in emotional intelligence uh, and did research on that, taught that all around the world, worked with executives and leaders and, and organizations. And, you know, you, when you really start to understand emotional, you know, behaviors and, and um, neural pathways and, and all these things that get set. And also as it relates to, to people's values, um, you, you realize that wow, it's it is 
rather difficult to adjust and, and shift human behavior. You know, there's a lot that needs to be done to do that. So um, maybe it doesn't need to be so overt. Maybe it doesn't need to be so in your face because maybe the deeper roots were set that if another threat-based <laughs> narrative or, or threat, you know, came into play that people would know how to behave because it's more automatic from a response standpoint and maybe less cognitive. Mm, interesting. And interesting that you should um, not juxtapose, but just sort sort of draw a nexus between that thing that happened then <laughs> and this thing that's happening now. And really the timing and the dissemination of that. But we'll leave that uh, maybe for another time, another venue. Anyway, yeah, no, I... I think that makes sense, Susan. You know, again, we're really talking about, uh, you know, I, I've always said that <clears throat> assuming that there is a faction that whose chief concern and chief mission is to maintain, to, to have, to get and maintain control over the large population, they need to mm -hmm. know one thing and one thing only, and that's human psychology. Mm -hmm. It's been said that some of the best psychologists are on speed dial with some of these agencies and others to do uh, certain things at certain times or to lend advice on how to do certain things at certain times. So we're talking about a playbook. And uh, I'm going to agree with you there, too, that maybe it does not need to be, you know, wall-to-wall -wall headlines about this this UFO stuff that's going on right now in order to get the job done because the the, the template has been set for response. So when they get ready to pull the trigger, assuming that's what's happening here, I'm still going to say jury's out. I don't know what the impetus is truly right. for a fact what's happening. Yeah. But, yeah, we, um, we, yeah. Right. So, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, you go ahead. I was going to say, more of a conversation. <laughs> yeah, I know, <laughs> which is great. I, I love it this way. Um, you know, cause, cause there's, I know that there's people in, you know, I'll just come out and say, it. you know, Greer, for example, say, you know, they're going to do a fake alien invasion. And do they have the technology to probably do that? Absolutely. And have they primed the public to, to do that? Sure. I mean, absolutely. Does that mean that that's what's going to happen? Not necessarily, because um, th is that one possibility? Sure, it's possible. Um, however, one of the other things that I'm seeing, if I can talk about that would be helpful is... You know, I, I've been seeing and watching what I call the pecking order. And and I do believe that there is a relationship. You know, we have this relationship with source. Uh, and this is based on my own experience is uh, and also the research that I, I helped to publish with free. Um, there's this relationship with source. Um, you have the creator beings, angels, uh, you've got um, interdimensional beings. And now the term that I'm hearing is ultra dimensional beings. Oh, great. Um, you know, it's, it's, that sounds real, real exciting. I've never referred to the beings that I've been connected to as ultra dimensional, but hey, that's kind of cool. <laughs> um, because that is ultimately the, what they are. But the point is, is that, um, and, it, and I wrote about this in the last article, there was an interview with this woman. She's a University of North Carolina professor. Her name is Diana Pasalka. Seems like a lovely person. Um, wrote a book called American Cosmic, and she was in an interview with this um, gentleman. And she talked about a gentleman that came into her classroom to do like a guest lecturer um, and only referred to him by, by his name 
first name. Don't, don't even know if that's his real name. I don't think it was. And he talked about this pecking order. Okay, yeah, that's, again, similar to what people who have had contact will say there's this interrelationship. However, he then inserted the military, that the military is on par with these beings. Now, that raises an enormous red flag, because one of the things that, you know, that I, I try to bring attention to and awareness around is, you know, so many contactees have been followed, uh, kidnapped um, and followed uh, and have experiments that have been done to them. Um, and you, you say to yourself, OK, so if the military is allegedly on par with these beings, then why are you going after people that you think are higher level um, with their abilities, right? I mean, there's there's numerous stories mm. of people um, that that have had this, other than you know myself. Um, so why? And it looks to me that what the military is doing is putting themselves on par with these quote unquote beings. Now, does it mean that they are on par with some of them? Maybe. Does it mean that they're on par with the higher level ones? Probably not. And mm. I'm going to so bold as to say that because, you know, higher level beings are not going to, I mean, if you, again, look at the research with free and even look at, you know, all the great yogis of the world and the great spiritual leaders, you know, you don't mess with, with human sovereignty. You don't mess with that in, in you, you know, there's ethics, there's morals, there's, um, there's the capacity to choose. Uh, there's a respect for your fellow man, woman, life, children, family. Um, they're not going to go around kidnapping people, um, and they're not going to go around doing you know nasty experience, experiments like they did in MK Ultra, which which didn't stop, by the way. I mean, like like you know, even though that that hearing happened in 1977, the stuff didn't stop. If anything, you know, they just got a little bit more, a lot more sophisticated. And yeah. their technology got more sophisticated because of, um, you know, it did. And again, I hope to write about that. There's there's a lot there, but um, but we know that. I mean, te our technology in general is more sophisticated. So if we think that, you know, they just stopped there, then, then you know, we're severely mistaken. So one of the other things that I'm seeing emerge is, is the military. And again, there's parts and there's people that are great, you know, in the military, of course, and, and there's parts that are not, <laughs> and you're talking about, you know, more that, that, that kind of like black budget type of, um, aspect of the military, but putting themselves on par with, with, you know, some of these, uh, beings and also stepping in front of the contactees. I mean, why have contactees been so, uh, I mean, even I, I saw Whitley's interview, you directed mm -hmm. me to you know, Whitley can't get published. Are you kidding me? Like, you know, his, 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 his work was, his book was so groundbreaking. His work was incredibly groundbreaking. As a 19 year old, I picked up that book and I went, oh, this is similar to what I see, you know, like who knows about this. Right. And then, you know, shortly after I met Bud Hopkins, the point is, is that, you know, why are the contactees continually being sidestepped and, um, and, and not, being treated with a level of respect mm -hmm. and um, maturity that is in alignment to what what they're continually saying that their narrative is. You know, to me, what it's 
they're stepping in front of it. And last thing I'll say on this, this one piece is, you know, when I met Dr. Edgar Mitchell, I shared with him my story. I think I mentioned this last time. And I said to him, you know, I said, I don't understand, you know, what is this all about? Like in terms of why the military tracks people. And, you know, again, he told me, he said, well, the military's had that technology for a very, very long time. And I was referring to like, you know, the late 1970s, early eighties. And, you know, he was, he was indicating that they had it, you know, for like, many, many years, meaning the tracking capacity of Mm -hmm. people that had contact and tracking ships and whatnot. But he said, he said, once it reaches a critical point of, of awareness, that's when they'll step in and they'll do something about it. Um, So, you know, my sense is part of, you know, this disclosure stuff is trying to step is the military stepping ahead of people to have their own contact in people to have their own connection. And, you know, that's anything but what we know that this is about in, in mm-hmm. my, in many, many genuine contactees. And if you look at MK ultra, the millet, you know, that all those, by the way, it wasn't just, um, you know, aspects of the military, it was university, it was uh, hospitals, it was doctors, it was, you know, even pharmaceutical. So, you know, you have all of this, like all these players in collaboration with one another, treating their fellow human beings as if, you know, they're experiments to be experimented mm-hmm. on. That is anything but what an evolving civilization would be doing with one another, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 you know, there's, this is where the playbook really gets really screwed up, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's, like very convoluted you know, and very it's it's abominable when you think about it but yeah yeah again i just want to insert that you you please 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 go and read uh susan's article which she's referencing here the experimental industrial complex because you did such a brilliant job at weaving the relevancy of these mk ultra experiments of the 70s and even the admission of it the breadth and scope of the apparatus and how that supports our having the right to question uh, the legitimacy of what's coming out of this possibly same apparatus uh, now, um, you know, their government's not right, just or or truthful, just part of the time. They, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying. So, right. yeah. Can I just make another insertion point, and also, um, you know, people that I've had contact will talk about experiments that have been done on them, or they felt like they were experiments. And I, I've I've also done hypnosis with people, and you know, they they. It's some people would reveal like at face value, they didn't remember agreeing to this. And then under hypnosis, they, they just remember like, wow, you know, this is part of my agreement. I just forgot, you know, that, that being here, you know, some of this was to take place. But but, you know, for other people, it wasn't that case. They would say, you know, this felt terrible. Like I know in Whitley's situation, you know, this was this mm-hmm. was um, an attack, so to speak. Uh, he may use different words. I'm not him, but you know, similar to that, he didn't feel like maybe there was an agreement on some level and certain, uh, um, you know, uh, I don't want to say all experiments, but certain things that happened to him. But here's the part of this human maturity piece. I think we're seeing something that people will do whatever they want to do to someone else, whether it's a private group, government funded, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, it is up to each human being to say no. It's up to each human being, if they don't agree with something, to know better enough to say no. And I think that 
if, if there's a common thread here with um, why awareness is important and why human sovereignty is important, then it's that. It's the capacity to, to have that awareness and then to say no. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether it's, you know, someone who is, is having an experience with an interdimensional being or an ET. Um, I mean, if I can share this, this one thing, I, I remember uh, an experience I had with, with an interdimensional being when I was in my early thirties and, you know, I was asked permission, you know, do you want to see what we look like? And I said, yes. And then I got scared and I said, no. <laughs> and then I stopped reading you know? So, so it's like, it's, mm-hmm. but do you think I could have said that when I was five or nine or, you know, like even when I was, you know, taken by, by you know, that, that man in the, the car, you know, the, and asked about my contact, you know, that was a military person, you know, you get older, you get wiser, but you also as a planet, we get wiser and, and that capacity to have that awareness and repeat that is, is critical. And I think that's what we're trying to do here is to, to raise that awareness. But if something doesn't feel right, to say no. To say no. That's right. Well, here's the rub, though, Susan. And this, again, goes back to this idea of human psychology and how it's been so altered or interfered with. Not even having the inclination to say no. Not having the inclination or the desire to discern, to be aware, there's a there's a measure of laziness that's also been seated, I think, in way too many people. We want things handed to us, and we're just going to trust the system that's that my parents trusted and my grandparents trusted, and and it just doesn't go any farther than that. So I, I you know, now we're going down a, a rabbit hole of an, a dilemma that I don't know can be undone for so many. I have hope, but I don't know. I, I just I just don't know. And I think that the, the factions that are behind whatever are well aware of that. Hence the reason why they can get away with so much and still are. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then, you know, like we saw with lockdowns and then when the pressure comes from family and friends and colleagues, you know, people that you're close to, um, that forces others, that social, you know, and they did it. I mean, let's be totally honest. They did it masterfully with the whole UFO topic for ages. I mean, I remember I was in the process of thinking to go get my PhD um, a while a while ago, and and you know I I I, I and it was at a, a very good Ivy League school, and I tapped the glass a little bit, you know, to see is this something that that I could do because I just didn't want to do like standard research on emotional intelligence. I wanted to really go deeper into you know more consciousness, and mm-hmm. it was I was told we, you don't touch that, you'll lose your credibility if mm-hmm. you don't. Don't touch that. So, you know, they masterfully did that with the UFO topic for ages. You oh, couldn't, absolutely. you couldn't talk about it, right? I mean, and it's I still would happening. Bring- that's still happening, Susan, for it, sure. I mean, that's part of the reason it, why it. it's alleged that Gresh had to go to get protection because of the 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 bullying, which was, I think, well beyond the verbal bullying, as as uh, Keen and Blumenthal alluded to, but. Uh, true harassment and maybe threats. So yeah, someone was saying to him, you don't touch it. If, if that's the way it went down again, 
We don't know. We don't know, but I'll tell you something. The people that have experienced the absolute greatest harassment and the absolute greatest um, injustice are people that have legitimately had contact. Contact, I know, that, yeah. That have tried to live their life in truth. And, uh, you know, I use the word coherency because, you know, you don't want to walk around as a split human being or have to hide, mm -hmm. you know, any pieces and parts of yourself because that that's not healthy to do that. Um, so, you know, the, these people, myself and, you know, millions of others have had to watch this um, silliness mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and immaturity for, for years. So, you know, when I bless the, the um, you know, those who are advocates in supporting this form of disclosure, you know, when they give such uh, reverence to someone like that, you know, you say to yourself, where were you? Where have you been for all of right. these other people that, um, you know, have had our lives, you know, we've had to do so many, I mean, we've had to be master, um, you know, alchemists with <laughs> with how we move about our lives because uh you you, you don't fit into you know a standard a standard no. box here there's no pension there's no i mean it's not going to happen and you know so so you know we, we've had to make a lot of these adjustments and again it's not a criticism um and i want to say this too in the in the realm of everything as a whole i'm sure this is a good thing because this tapped the glass right and, mm -hmm. and in the tapping of the glass, you get to see what starts to, to you know, what part starts to crack and, and then mm -hmm. what happens when that cracking is taking place. And I think we're seeing that. I, mm -hmm. I, I, I think we're seeing that. And hopefully it is my hope and my intention that that's going to prompt greater conversations to take place, um, right. deeper conversations to take place and not a repeat of this, of what I call these dominant narratives and not mm -hmm. a repeat of that. And, and if that continues forward in the UFO community, uh, then, you know, why we're are not you, making why, any headway? We're just not making any headway. Well, no yes. Sense. I didn't mean to cut you off, but you're right. I, I agree that this is, you know, there again, you made a good point when you said that because these little drips come and seem to be have such an emphatic uh, and profound effect on those that are so close. This is their lifeblood, you know, whether you're a researcher, uh, you know, uh, or whatever in the community that you just you're, you're eating it up so much. You're but you're you're pacified with it. And well, I won't mention any names, but there are some people, you know, I was a contact in the desert. I know you know, some of my, some of them were, were just, you know, oh my God, can you believe this is a, and you know, it ju justifiably so. Look, we're starved for, for anything sure. that we yeah. can get to get us closer. I can empathize with that as well, but immediately my radar went up immediately. Okay. What's going on now? And there were some conversations yeah. I had offline with you about some of the pieces I put together in terms of the, uh, of it coming out during contact in the desert. You know, um, so there's there's something going on here in terms of a, a plan, but you also bring up a really good point, Susan, that sometimes the best laid plans can take on a life of their own and actually end up exactly where they're meant to and do exactly what they need to by tapping that glass. Yeah. They, whoever is developing the narrative, won't be able to take credit for that. It'll be universe because I say universe is still in charge. Universe is masterfully uh, ketoing 
things. I mean, it really is. And, and I, I think, you know, even for myself, like the, um, you know, you just pay, a lot of us just pay attention to our intuition. You know, we, we just yes. pay attention to those impulses and to the call, you know, you mm-hmm. hear the call to do X, Y, Z. So you do X, Y, Z. And it doesn't come from an external, uh, you know, ego thing. It comes from a, a force of energy that's moving, that's being asked to be addressed. Yeah. And so, you know, that's the, the great Aikido of listening to spirit. Absolutely. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. It's a great place to end uh, before we go next door. Susan, this is great stuff. Let's let's go next door. I want to dig in a little deeper on the experimental industrial complex and where um, you went so bravely in terms of looking at MKUltra. I think, like you said before we went on the air, this is something that we need to talk about and understand how us humans, many of us, have been... um, an experiment and still are uh, perhaps in a more sophisticated way, but an experiment nonetheless. Let's talk about it. Let's have that conversation. But in the meantime, I want to remind people, please go to both higher journeys. Susan was kind enough to let me link her second article. What are UFO disclosure gatekeepers acclimating the public to, but it will lead you back to her sub stack. And I'm going to have a link to both articles uh, directly on her sub stack as well. Good stuff. Go sign up, subscribe to Susan's sub stack. Tell me the name of it again. It's um, the I name. Eat, yeah, I E T evolve at substack.com. Yeah. And um, I had a little fun on 4th of July and created um, something fun uh, that will be ready for the time. I, I just wanted to do it to have fun. It's called I am a free And oh. some, there's some fun stuff on there. And it was created in the sense of, of you know, this feeling of liberty and justice and, you know, proclaiming um, our beautiful, you know, human sovereignty that we have. So I'm a free human dot com to go to that. Is that well. actually a domain that you created? Yeah. Oh my yes. God. <laughs> I love yes. it. I couldn't believe it was available. I'm like, <laughs> I am. a free- Wow. There you go. So it's, it's fun. It's, it's a fun site. Cause you know, like some of this stuff is heavy and it, it's, yes. uh, we so need I'll to keep it. That. You take yeah. a, take a look at that. I love it. That's great. So yet another link we'll have for you. I am a freehuman.com. <laughs> and it is true. Thank you, Susan, my dear, as always. Your the conversations just get more profound and more important than than ever. So we appreciate you coming and joining us again. Okay, don't go away. Come with us, journeyers. Will you please? Will you please? Please support Higher Journeys on Patreon and get some good stuff while you're there. So we're going to go take it a bit deeper, as deeper as as deep as we can. Let's just leave it at that. All right. (laughs) Okay. Love you much. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.